just trying to shoot the moon Isn't everything we've got that's just peas and a spoon Welcome to The Word Witch, a podcast for the modern magical soul, exploring tarot, astrology, belief, and more from a queer witch, that's me, in conversation with folks making magic from the margins. I'm your host, Claire Burgess. Let's make some magic. Hello friends, witches, otherlings. It's me, Claire, and I'm here to uh, share an episode about the fives with you. I am so, so, so excited to talk about this particular number family. The fives are my jam. I am not exaggerating. I love the fives so much. (laughs) Controversial opinion, I know, but I love them and I cannot wait to tell you why. Uh, But first, before we jump into the Hierophant and the fives, um, uh, a quick announcement. Um, And it's somewhat related to the fives, I suppose. Um, My uh, tarot deck is going along really well. I, uh, as you know, I um, have been taking the podcast down to just uh, one a month right now, just one on the number families, so that I can devote more time to creating the cards and and um, birthing this huge project. Um, I cannot remember if I told you what the name of the deck was on the last podcast, but um, if I didn't, uh, those of you who follow me on Instagram or who are Patreon members already know that um, the deck's name is Fifth Spirit Tarot. <laughs> um, Fifth Spirit Tarot. Uh, and the deck has a website now, fifthspirittarot.com. And that, of course, is fifth, uh, like fifth. So F-I-F-T-H, uh, tarot.com. Um, sorry, fifth spirit. There's the word spirit in the middle there, tarot.com. Um, and on the website, you can, um, read a little bit about the deck and, um, my, like it's, it's purpose and, uh, see images of the cards as, um, they come into being. So, um, uh, most of the cards in existence are on the site now and I'll update it, update it as it goes along. Um, I've got, um, the cups, ace through 10 and the page on there. I've got swords two through 10, um, because I'm still working on the ace and I've got, I think, uh, three pentacles on there right now. So you can head over there to fifthspirittarot.com and take a peek. Um, I am going to be revising some of the cards, uh, from the cups suit, uh, specifically because, um, that was the first suit to come into creation and I've gotten a lot better at drawing, <laughs> uh, since I started that. And, and also the, the, the decks sort of, um, um, its feel, its image, its appearance has um, evolved as I've worked on the successive suits. So um, you can probably tell if you look at the three pentacles cards, which are the most recent, and then back to like the the, the cups cards that um, the, the, the look is a little bit different there. So I'm going to be going back to the initial cups cards and updating them a little bit, which I've already done to a few of them. Um, but the, the basic, like the imagery, the symbolism is going to remain the same. Uh, I'm just going to be like, um, fancying it up a, a bit with some more detail and stuff like that. Um, y'all, I am so excited about this project and I am loving it so much. So, uh, won't you go give it a peek over there? And if you, um, uh, want to support the creation of the deck right now, you can join my Patreon, um, 
which is patreon.com slash the word witch tarot. Um, and on there, I'm posting first looks at the cards. So uh, Patreon will still get views of um, most of the cards before I post them on the website. Um, but they're also getting process videos. So um, the uh, the app, the uh, drawing app that I use to draw the cards um, has this cool feature where I can record every stroke that I make. Um, and so there's these cool like animations of me creating the cards. And um, those are really cool to watch. Also posting a sort of background of the inspiration for the cards and what the symbolism means on my Patreon there too. So that's a great way to help support the deck right now so that it can, um, I can keep working on it so I can still continue affording uh, the time to um to create it and then once i have all 78 cards finished um i will be doing a kickstarter um in order to raise the funds for printing the deck um and the guidebook so yeah (laughs) um i think that that's uh i think that that's it for announcements right now um yeah yeah, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the the name Fifth Spirit as we are doing the fives because it is directly related to the fives. Um so let's uh, let's jump right in. Let's get going. Here we go. Okay, um, so let's first talk a little bit about the number five. Um, so five is a super important number um, in tarot and in magic. Um, so uh, in tarot, there are five suits. There's the four suits of uh, wands, pentacles, uh, swords, and cups. But there's the, also the fifth suit of the major arcana right? Um, there's the, uh, uh, pentacle, which is a, um, uh, really important and old magical symbol. Um, it's the star, right? It's that classic, you know, star inside the circle that we associate with like, uh, witchcraft and, and, um, (laughs) the movie, the craft and stuff like that. Um, and the reason that's such a powerful magical symbol is, again, because of the five, the five points of the pentacle and the sacred geometry of it. Um, each of the four points on that star, or I'm sorry, each of the five points on that star represents something. Four of them represent the four classical elements, earth, air, fire, water. Those elements, of course, uh, correspond to the suits in tarot. Uh, pentacles, I'm trying to say it in the order I said it, pentacles, swords, wands, cups. <laughs> um, and then that fifth point of the star, the topmost point, uh, that is spirit. That point represents spirit or aether um, is also sometimes used. And so that means that the pentacle, the pentagram, it, um, it merges the four elements with the element of spirit. It is where we call in all five of those things where spirit enters into the, 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 um, tangible elemental world. Um, the, the pentagram is a star surrounded by a circle, right? So all of those five things are, are contained within this, uh, circle of wholeness and completion. And, but also circles represent, uh, the cycle as well. It's a really powerful symbol of magic coming into form. Huh. And this directly ties in to the Hierophants. Major Arcana Key number five, the Hierophant. Um, now, this card is one that a lot of folks 
uh, don't have great feels about, probably because uh, most traditional interpretations of the card um, or images of the card uh, incorporate a very Pope-looking figure. Um, the uh, Pamela Coleman Smith's Hierophant uh, also is like, it's straight up Pope <laughs> on that card. And so for those of the, those of us who um, have not super great experiences with traditional organized religion, which I'm guessing is probably a lot of those of us who are listening to this podcast about tarot and magic and witchcraft. <laughs> um, for for those of us in that group, that can be a hard energy to work with. And so when we see the Hierophant, um, we're like, what is this? Like, this feels like, like, um, all the people who have always shut me out, right? Or this feels like childhood <laughs> and not in a good way. This feels like um, being told that I was sinful, you know, um, for for those of us who are queer, who are LGBTQIA+, um, this it can be a difficult card too, um, whether we associate it with the um, Christian church of course, because of that Pope figure on it, or um, if we associate it with any sort of sort of institutionalized authority, that can be a really like scary and triggering kind of energy for us. It's, you know, the energy of, of people who um, uh, tell us that we're abominations, tell us that we're going to hell, tell us that um, we can't get married or we can't um, use the pronouns we want to use or etc, 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 right? But <laughs> like the emperor, um, the true energy of the Hierophants is not that, I don't think. Um, I think that, also like the emperor, the Hierophants energy in our culture and society has been twisted and warped by the patriarchy and by the powers that be, um, by uh, colonialism, uh, a lot of which was motivated by the Christian church directly, um, by oppression, by uh, suppressing um, Native people's religions, by persecuting people for their religion. Um, and, you know, that's fucked up. That's bad. That's not that's not Hierophant. That's, that's bad Hierophant. That's shadow Hierophant. True Hierophant energy, I think, is instead about the number five. And it's about the pentagram. So I um, just really, I'm using the word pentagram and pentacle like they're inter interchangeable. So let me real quick clarify what those two things are. The pentagram is just the five-sided, the five-pointed star. Um, the pentacle is that star um, enclosed in a circle. And both carry the same, um, that same sort of energy of the four elements plus spirit. The pentagram is the, you know, OG sacred geometry one, and uh, the pentacle is um, a symbol that is um, often used in Wicca and witchcraft and things like that. Um, the pentacle is also what you see on the suit of the pentacles in tarot, right? It's the it's the five-pointed star surrounded by a circle. Um, so this symbol is like literally like ingrained in into the tarot, depending on what deck you use, but still. So back to the Hierophant. Um, so I think that the Hierophant's true energy is that the Hierophant is where spirit enters the world. Spirit enters form. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about why. Uh, one reason is because the Hierophant is ruled by the um, astrological sign Taurus. Uh, we are in Taurus season right now. <laughs> Welcome. Taurus is the sign of the bull. Taurus has a reputation for being um, stubborn and even lazy. Um, also a reputation for sensuality. It is ruled by Venus. 
but here's the thing, the stubborn and the lazy and all that, that is also, that's a, that's a misreading, a misunderstanding of Taurus because what Taurus is really truly about is, um, the fact that like, Taurus is just like so rooted into itself and into the earth. It is so present in its own body and in its own reality that it's not like it doesn't need to impress anyone. Taurus isn't trying to win your approval. Taurus is just doing what Taurus knows is right for Taurus, right? What is right and what is spiritually spiritually aligned for Taurus. Because Taurus is where the spirit enters flesh. Um, it is just the seamless merging of spirit into the body. And in that way, the Hierophant is also where the spirit enters the world in one way. In the magician, we have the divine coming through and manifesting uh, in the world. In the Hierophant, though, what is like, so we see a pope on the card. What is the role of the pope? It is to um, be the voice of God on earth. It is to translate the word of God for the people so that the people may understand it. This is, of course, not what um, the Pope or the church did for a very, very long time. And and we could, you know, talk about how that is uh, being carried out today or not. But that is supposed to be the purpose of the Pope. By the way, if you hear hammering and construction, that's because there's hammering and construction going on still. <laughs> uh, this is just what I'm living with. I'm sorry. Um, so in many ways, the Hierophant can be, can be seen as a really sacred role of, of, um, of translator, of leader, of teacher, of teacher, of the word of God. Now, the way that that has manifested in our, on our planet and, and in our society is that so many of our grand hierophants have, you know, got, got, uh, caught up and twisted with power, <laughs> um, and have warped that word. So now many traditional interpretations of the hierophant card are things like tradition, like orthodoxy, like conservatism and dogma. And that is one side of the Hierophant because in this card, in the sort of line, the first line of the major arcana, when we move uh, through Empress and then through the Emperor and now onto Hierophant, what, what happens here is that we are confronted with tradition with the way things are with conventional wisdom um even accepted um established societal roles gender roles stuff like that um this is what we face in the hierophant this is anybody telling us what is right and what is what to believe right even if it's even if it's well meaning stuff um, and even if it's like good sound logic, <laughs> uh, we have to be faced with that. We have to confront that dogma that, that here's what you should think, you know, here is the time proven wisdom. Here is the word of God. Here is the wisdom of your ancestors. And then we have to, in the Hierophant, decide what of that we believe what of that we value and we know to be true for ourselves and our souls. And then we can take what does work for us and leave the rest. We can change it too. We can take what is working in it and then overhaul the system. Tradition is something that is slow moving for sure, but it is something that changes. It is something that changes. I see that every day um, working with kids as a tutor in my in my muggle job. Oh, 
man, when, when I was, when I was a little closeted queer kid, um, in high school, like I, there's so much that I didn't know. And there's, it was, you know, not okay. It was not an option for me, um, in Birmingham, Alabama to be, to be, to be myself, right. To be who I am. And I didn't have information about it either. I didn't have any information. I didn't have role models who were, who were also queer people. And now like I see my students and like, that's not a problem for them. Like, I mean, granted I live in Portland, Oregon, so it's a special place, but the progress that has been made just in that area in, in, in a couple decades is remarkable and is beautiful. And we were all part of making that happen, of of taking the uh, traditional um, teaching, societal roles, etc., that have been passed down to us, and saying no, thank you, <laughs> and building also on a different kind of um, ancestral wisdom, right? Building on the work of the queer people who came before us, our queer ancestors, and taking that work home, you know. So, the hierophant is an energy we can work with in a lot of ways, and. When we, um, it is necessary for us to face orthodoxy and to face dogma. It is a necessary part of the process um, so that we may figure out our own spiritual truth. That is what the Hierophant is about, y'all. That is what it's about. And hello, Taurus, right? That's that's what Taurus is about too. It's where spirit comes into the flesh. It's where we are figuring that out in a real way, um, where our own divine channel is. So in, in the Hierophant, um, it is a card that pictures um, in a lot of interpretations, and I'm going to talk about the Smith-Waite one, of course. Uh, it pictures a pope, and at the pope's feet, there are two priests or acolytes. Um, it's the first card in the major arcana that shows more than one person, right? And that's important because it's there to remind us about how we, also about how we function in groups, right? Um, there is the the solo, like, like taking what works for you, figuring out what you believe and what you value aspect of it. Um, but there's also the community aspect of it, how we are functioning in as part of a community of spiritual people, a community of believers, what we are teaching others, um, either on purpose or through our example, and also what we are, how we are following others as well. Um, so this card is a card that also talks about teaching and talks about learning. I get this card all the time in my my personal readings. I actually pull it a lot when I'm teaching classes. And then it's like, oh, there it is. There's Hierophant. <laughs> and when that happens, it reminds me of the responsibility that I carry in in my role as a teacher. And that carries over to this podcast too, where I'm, you know, sharing this stuff with you. Um, I, I tell all of my students, like I have told you here before, like these are just, these are my interpretations that I have gained through study and through experience. Um, if they don't vibe with you, just like fucking ignore them. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is not, you know, I'm, there is no like gospel truth when it comes to, interpreting the tarot, I don't think. And the Hierophant reminds me of, um, yeah, the the responsibility that is inherent in occupying a position of a teacher. The things that we say, the words that we teach, the wisdom that we um, provide really matters and, and can affect people um, in big ways. So, there's a lot of responsibility in that, but also it's a reminder of the role of learning. The sacred role of a student is not just to be like um, a, a sponge or like a repository for knowledge. Instead, it is to be a, a learner in the true sense of the word where you are 
you're exercising critical thinking, right? You are exercising discernment as you learn. Um, The things that you are learning, you're not just accepting whole cloth uh, without questioning, right? Students ask questions. Good students ask questions. Good students challenge, you know, because they're really thinking about it. And so this card is a reminder of that too, the importance of really, um, really engaging with anything that you are being taught, anything that you are learning and um, questioning it, questioning it. The, the Hierophant, we can also, if we think about the Hierophant as a card about faith, which we can think about it as a card about spiritual faith and belief, of the, flip, the flip side of faith is doubt. And doubt is necessary for faith. There is no faith if there's no doubt, right? It's like light and shadow. Um, There is no shadow without the light. Um, And the reason that doubt is necessary for faith is that like, I mean, it's kind of like you can't be, you can't be brave without experiencing fear. If, If somebody doesn't experience fear, if they're not afraid, then that doesn't, they're not brave, right? That doesn't mean they're brave. That just means that they're fearless. Um, Bravery is something that um, comes from being afraid, from being afraid and then having the courage to do it anyway. Faith is the same way. Faith comes from having doubts and having questions and then finding where your faith is, not believing despite your doubts and questions, but but um, letting your belief be informed and cultivated and furthered and evolved through those doubts and questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindsay Mack on the Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast uh, recently did an episode of the Hi- on the Hierophant, which I um, uh, advise you all to go listen to if you haven't already, because Lindsay really digs really digs deep into this idea of the Hierophant as a teacher and into the importance of um, of questioning our, our teachers and our gurus and of not holding anybody up as like the be-all end-all of sacred knowledge because we're all humans. We're all fallible. We're all flawed. And um, I think that uh, in, in Lindsay's podcast, um, it, listening to it is also a good reminder that we have our own popes and hierophants, even in these sort of liminal and fringe communities, um, like the tarot community or like the the witchcraft community. And even then, it's important to um, engage and question and not to follow blindly, right? But to follow with your eyes wide open. And then uh, I think the last thing I'm going to say about the Hierophant before we go on to temperance is that through this long road of the Hierophant that we've been talking about, confronting dogma and orthodoxy and choosing your own beliefs and values from within that, um, cultivating your own understanding of divine and spirit, what the Hierophant really teaches us is that we are our own channels to divine. We are our own hierophants. And that's Taurus too, my friends. (laughs) We don't need an intermediary. And that's also, um, that's also witchcraft, right? Um, That's something that, that uh, we haven't talked about super often on the podcast, but this is called the word witch. um, And I do identify as a witch. And one of the beautiful things about witches that drew me to them in the first place in high school was that the witch was their own was their own priest was their own solo practitioner though the witch had uh, could directly contact the divine and we can all do that that is the message of the Hierophant. That's the, the medicine, the wisdom that we gain through the experience of the Hierophant is that we, we, we have two acolytes, right, at the feet of um, the Pope in this card. 
And this teaches us that those acolytes, they have a channel to source that is just as valid as the man sitting up on that throne. You are your own spiritual authority, my friends. You don't need anyone to tell you what to believe or how to believe it. Not if you are engaging and questioning and learning and and expanding and evolving, right? Um, you got it already. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about temperance. The higher evolution of the Hierophant is temperance card number 14, because one plus four equals five. Um, and in temperance, we see this spirit flesh thing fully embodied. The spirit in this card is right in front of us in the form of the angel, right? In the form of an angel on earth. And the angel is demonstrating that none of us are just one thing. They are demonstrating this like magical fluidity, which we can see in the mixing of the cups and the angel's foot on one foot on water and one foot on earth. This card is the opposite of orthodoxy. Right. So orthodoxy means like, um, just like adhering to a system of belief with no questioning. And like, this is the only thing and a, a very sort of closed minded experience. And it can also orthodoxy can happen on both sides of the aisle. We usually associate orthodoxy with conservatism, but you can be super liberal and have very a lot of very like um, sort of orthodox beliefs. And I don't mean orthodox as in traditional in that sense, but as in like the definition of the word meaning like close-minded, essentialist, right? And temperance is the opposite of that. It breaks that all down. It is it's the two cups exchanging the fluid in at an angle that defies gravity it is the the fluid mind and heart informing one another it is listening to both sides of an issue it is um, walking your own road and letting it letting that road curve and dip and change when it's right i think of temperance and the angel of temperance as um, sort of the patron saint of border walkers, of liminality. Um, they're straddling two different elements, right? One foot on water, one foot on land. They have these wings that can lift them into the air. On the angel's chest is the triangle uh, for fire, the alchemical uh, glyph for fire. And on their forehead is the glyph for the sun and they're beaming radiantly. So we have all four of those elements um, uh, sort of whispered and embodied here um, with the angel itself being that embodiment of the fifth element of spirit. And the temperance shows us we can be all these things at once. And it shows us that we can be these things fluidly rather than rigidly right? The temperance is the queerest card in the deck. <laughs> it, it is, it is, because it breaks down all those, mo mo those, bleh, those molds, those two cups that temperance holds. We can um, think of those cups as any sort of two things that seem to be dichotomous. Um, we can think of that as in like the conscious and the subconscious mind. We can think of it in terms of like light and shadow, uh, mind and heart. Um, we can also think of it in terms of the binary, the gender binary, right? Um, cis and trans or male and female or gay and straight or like whatever and and temperance is modeling that it's all a fucking spectrum <laughs> and it is fluid and it's in it's constantly interchanging and changing and informing um one informing the other right uh this is a uh, as the higher evolution of the Hierophant and as the higher evolution of the Fives, temperance is a beautiful reminder of what happens after spirit comes in, 
So we're going to talk about this more with the minor fives, but the five, the number five is a number of challenge. It's a number of conflict and contraction. And we definitely experience that with the Hierophant. That's part of moving through the Hierophant is that experience of having to face the dogma, right? And make the the difficult, often difficult choice to go your own way. And in the minor fives, we see all manner of different difficult experiences. And that's because when spirit enters form, when the fifth element of spirit enters in uh, to the other four, it doesn't come through on like a fucking feather bed. (laughs) It doesn't like sweep in with like, I don't know, puppies and kittens and rainbows. (laughs) When spirit comes in, it is... It's hard. <laughs> it is, um, it's contractive. It is, um, you know, it's like that meme. There's like a tower meme out there somewhere where it's like, what a spiritual awakening, what do you think a spiritual awakening looks like? And it's like the star or the empress or something. And then it's what a spiritual awakening actually looks like. And it's the tower, <laughs> right? Um, when spirit comes in, it just rocks everything. It rocks it all. It rocks the boat. And that's why it's a five. That is why it's the number five. And also because through challenge, through conflict, we access spirit, right? If we if we move through it and, and try it and like um, uh, rise above it, transcend the contraction and the conflict, um, if we level up, if you will, um, that's that's movement towards spirit. That's evolution towards spirit. Yeah, and in temperance, here was my point, in temperance as a higher evolution of the fives, we see the beauty of spirit. We see the embodiment of spirit after the conflict is over. This is the promise at the end of all of the fives, y'all, is temperance. So let's talk about some of those fives. (laughs) So the minor fives. Um, The fives are my favorite, my favorite minor arcana cards. I know. (laughs) Um, And um, here's why. So if we think of... um, if we think of the minors, the pips, the, the ace through ten cards as a journey, it, like let's uh, let's think of um, uh, the hero's journey. Like the hero leaves the house in the morning and does the hero just like walk down the street, get his cup of coffee, keep walking down the street, um, have a nice time in the park, and then uh, go on and encounter the big boss, the antagonist, the the dragon, <laughs> and then just go, oh, you know, wave of the finger, dragon is slayed. That was so easy. No, <laughs> the hero doesn't just like traipse along out their house and then um, be able to achieve huge things um, uh, just with with nothing in between. In order for that to happen, the hero first has to meet challenges along the journey right? Like this is the narrative of every, every hero story, also every video game, you know, it, during the like level in the video game, you meet challenges along the way, you meet goblins and other things and like mini bosses. Um, and you work up to the final boss. And every time you meet a challenge, you get stronger, you get more XP or HP, or you know, whatever it is in, in the video game that you're playing. Your skills get better. You learn, right? There, again, is the the fives, uh, the Hierophants, emphasis on learning. Um, we learn through conflict and challenge. And that is the key to the fives and the minor arcana. The five comes exactly halfway between the ace and the ten, right? This is the time. This is when we meet the challenge. This is the obstacle presented along the way to help us refine our skills, to teach us something so that we may move on stronger. 
So in each of the fives in the minor arcana, we see a different sort of face or flavor of challenge depending on the um, energy of the suit that we find it in. So uh, the five of wands uh, pictures five people waving sticks around. <laughs> um, uh, trying to whack each other. In one of my classes, I had a student, we were looking at this card and the student goes, that's not how you build a tent. <laughs> if you're looking at the card, that's probably funny because it kind of does look like the people, like I could see it as people trying to erect a tent and then just it's all disarray and they're not working together. Like there's <laughs> there's no teamwork here. And that's, that's what this card is about. It's about competition. It's about competing wills, competing desires. Um, so if it's, if it's not about competition in an external way, like with other people, um, it can be about internal competition or internal conflict surrounding any of those fire things. So surrounding passion, surrounding drive, surrounding desire. Um, surrounding ego. Ego can, can be spoken about in this card as well. This card can um, show up when we have too many, we're being pulled by too many different desires. Um, so that might look like, oh, I've seen this card come up uh, with clients before surrounding what they want to do with their lives, what they want to do with their career. And they've got like all these different options and all these different things that excite them. But then they also have this like uh, sort of the conventional, the traditional sort of respectable career path. And they feel like I should do this thing, right? And it's like inside, inside of them, I can see like all of these tiny little people with their sticks batting at each other. And one of them's going, I want to be a I want to be a taxidermy artist and work part-time as a barista. And another one is going, no, you want to go to law school. Don't squander your degree. And the other one is going five-year plan. And you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and um, again, like with with the Hierophant and with the number and energy of the five, um, the the way through this card and all these cards is to really um, allow yourself to sit internally with spirit um, to figure out what's the right path for you. Now let's look at the five of swords. Uh, so in the five of swords, we see there's a kind of shitty looking person in the foreground who's holding these three swords and there's two swords on the ground and there's two people walking away, uh, apparently in defeat. And um, swords, of course, are the suit of the mind. They're the suit of air. Uh, they rule thoughts, uh, communication, and in this card, traditional definitions uh, will say that this card is about defeat, but I have a different relationship with it. <laughs> I think that this card is about shitty fights, uh, shitty fights that you can't win. It's about engaging in, in arguments or vendettas or even self-sabotage, self-sabotage sometimes, when the best thing for us is to disengage. So um, Karina from the Rise Up Good Witch podcast, uh, which you should absolutely listen to if you don't already, uh, invited me to record a little tarot segment um, about a card, and I chose this one. And, um, it's not, it's not live yet. I'll let you, I'll let you all know when it is. But, um, on that, I, I talk a bit more about sort of my personal relationship with the card. Um, so let's just su suffice it to say for now <laughs> that this card, um, uh, has shown up for me at a lot of times in my life to directly talk about choosing to not engage in an invitation to, get in a shitty fight or an invitation to allow myself to get like super stabby with my mind swords, right? So if it's not an external fight with somebody else, this can absolutely happen internally with all those, you know, thought swords turning inwards on you. In the five of swords, we can have a deep contraction of the mind 
a deep contraction of identity sometimes as well, I think. Um, and uh, here's the here's the big medicine of this card as it has presented itself to me. When this card shows up, it is always wanting to bring my attention to where I'm engaging in those things, where am I, I'm engaging in those arguments and those shitty fights, um, where I am um, harming myself. My gosh, the beeping outside. I'm sorry. Uh, where I am um, self-sabotaging or harming myself, being too hard on myself, being really brutal with myself sometimes to notice that and then to disengage, to uh, sacredly and healthily disengage. This card, I think, sometimes shows up um, when we are caught in a thought cycle and a thought spiral that is negative and harmful for us, uh, even in like a mode of belief that's negative and harmful for us. And um, it is hard work to catch that in the first place, to like notice when your mind is doing that. And then to, and it's harder work to step outside of it, right? To disengage um, and sort of observe what's happening and allow yourself to release it. <laughs> it's hard, hard work. Um, but it's necessary work for us to do in the sword suit. Super vital and necessary work. Um, in the card itself, um, we see the two defeated figures uh, in the background walking away towards a body of water. Y'all know that I love talking about the water that Pamela Coleman Smith uses in her cards. Um, the water is is the heart space. It is emotion. It's intuition. And so there's a visual reminder in this card that that's where we need to go. When we are experiencing this really difficult mind contraction, go down to the water, right? Drop the swords on the ground, leave them behind and go down to the water, get clean, right? Um water is soothing, water is cleansing, it's healing, you know? Do you really want to be that smug-faced, shitty-looking fella in the foreground of the card with all the swords? You don't want those swords. Those swords are only going to hurt you. Um, instead, go down to the water, right? This card invites us into the background instead of into the foreground. Um, okay, let's move on to the Five of Cups. So five of cups, uh, this one I like to call the sad vampire card <laughs> because, uh, we have a, a cloaked figure, um, with a, their back turned, shoulders hunched, looking very sad and mournful, um, and their bodies positioned towards these three spilled cups, um, spilled cups on the ground. This card has a very heavy feeling of grief and mourning in it. The background is a, a very sort of like um, overcast, cloudy day gray. It looks very still. It's mournful. This card is about grief. It's about grief and loss, sadness, mourning. And this card shows up, I think, to honor that experience, to honor the grief and the mourning, to hold us in that experience of contraction and loss. And then to also remind us that not all is lost. Because behind the figure uh, in the Five of Cups, there are two cups that are standing upright. The figure is, is facing the three spilled ones, but right behind their back, they have two full cups right there. And so the invitation of this card, the medicine of it, is to support yourself in turning around and beholding those two existing cups that you do have left. Um, to not let yourself get so deep, deep in the depths of mourning the loss of those three that you neglect the two that you have left. And lastly, let's talk about the five of pentacles. This card is maybe my favorite five. And it's one that has only recently become maybe my favorite five. But um, here's why. So here in the five of pentacles, we have the suit of pentacles the suit of the earth, 
the suit of the physical material realm, the suit of embodiment. And we have the five, which is also the pentagram, which is also the pentacle. And it is where the spirit enters the flesh. The five of pentacles is in some ways where spirit enters flesh. And again, it is not always a pleasant experience. So let's look at what we see in this card. The five of pentacles has um, a, like a, two people who are in rags. Um, one of them is injured, uh, has crutches. Um, they look like they might be beggars. They're barefoot or partially barefoot at least. And it's snowing. Um, one of them has their bare feet in the snow. And they are walking um, outside of a church. Above them is a church window, um, stained glass window with five pinnacles in it. It's dark outside. And this card um, traditionally has been associated with poverty, with ill health, with sickness. But what I think it's about is really any experience of... Um, physical or material contraction or of fear, um, fear of, of your like literal physical stability, any sort of feeling of not having enough, any sort of feeling of lack can be spoken to by this card. And the church window that we see here in this card is also really important because these people are outside of the church. They are outside in the snow. Churches are supposed to be places of sanctuary, places of relief, places that welcome the, the sick and the poor and help them. Of course, again, we know churches are not always like that. <laughs> but it's supposed to be this place of sanctuary and they are outside of it. So the question is, are they walking around the church? Are they headed to the front door to knock on and ask for help? Or have they been exiled? And so this card is one that for me personally, my relationship with it, my experience with it is that it's a card about exile as well. Having been, it's about having been turned out from a community, from a um, an institution that formerly welcomed you or that you wanted to welcome you. It's a card about outsiders. <laughs> but it is also a card about community because we do have the two beggars, right? We have the two people in rags. It's not one person alone. There's two of them. And so even if we've been cast outside the church, cast outside the institution, we have a community, we have a community of fellow outsiders, fellow exiles, even if it's a community of beggars. And that's where we're supposed to be, I think. I think that that's what this card says, is that that's where we're supposed to be. It can also be about um, asking for help, right? Um, if we read it as the two people walking around to the church doors, it can be about asking for help. Um, we can also, of course, do that within our own communities too, um, helping each other. But this card does, I think, um, always come with a feeling that we have lost our, our stable foundation, right? That, that we are in a contractive experience of, of lack. Maybe it's income-based fear. And here's the thing, what we learn in the five of pentacles is that even when we have nothing else, we still have spirit. We are still supported by spirit. And like that doesn't, I mean, that's not a lot sometimes. It doesn't feel like, I mean, spirit ain't like a warm blanket when you're outside on a cold night. But that is the beautiful and difficult message of this card is that even when you feel everything else has abandoned you, spirit has not. So in the five of pentacles, we really learn about spirit and our connection to spirit. 
And we learn about allowing that to sustain us. And we learn about having faith. And we learn about moving through doubt. And we learn about asking for help. Asking for help. And that we deserve help. That we can ask for help and we can receive it um, when we ask. And now the construction workers are jackhammering outside my window and I can feel it vibrating the ground below me. So (laughs) I'm going to take that as an indication to wrap it up. I uh, did want to say that um, this is why this whole conversation, this is why I named my deck Fifth Spirit Tarot is because the fifth point in the fives, that's where spirit comes in. That's where we encounter spirit. And because we encounter it through contraction, through challenge, through difficulty, and through the hard shit, y'all. And this deck um, that I'm making, Fifth Spirit Tarot, is a deck, a, a, a project, a channeled project that has come directly from the hard shit that has come from deep contraction that has come from decades of oh, decades of 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 trauma of of living with trauma and coping with it um it's a deck that is born of experiencing experiencing the hard shit and finding that connection with spirit, finding that connection with source that got me through it all. It's about surviving. That's also, that's something I wanted to say about the five of pentacles is that in the five of pentacles, the two people in the foreground, they, um, they're in rags or in the cold, they're injured, but they're alive. They are alive. They are surviving. The Five of, of Pentacles is about the experience of surviving and how hard that is sometimes. And my deck, Fifth Spirit Tarot, is born of survival. And it is its purpose, its aim, its goal is to support all of us um, in not just surviving, but also in thriving. That is what I have found through the tarot in in general. Um, That is what I have found through my, my beliefs, my spiritual practice that I've arrived at at this point in my life. It has been a long journey, but now I'm here and I'm making this deck and I'm doing these things and I'm, I'm thriving. Um, yeah, (laughs) um, that's what the fives teach us. That's what they teach us. The fives might feel like survival, um, might feel like surviving, but their medicine is in evolving our spiritual selves, supporting our spiritual evolution into thriving. There you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of the Word Witch podcast. Uh, Again, if you want to hear more, I dive, um, I I do special Patreon exclusive podcast episodes about each of the number families that expands on the things that we talk about here. Uh, If you can believe that there's anything else to expand on. And um, also posting um, process videos of the cards there and inside looks. Um, if you want to support the creation of Fifth Spirit Tarot, you can support me on Patreon. You can also go to fifthspirittarot.com, check out the existing cards there. There's also links there to uh, go to my Patreon and support me in the creation of this deck. And um, yeah, I will see y'all in... Um, Gemini season to talk about the lovers uh, ruled by Gemini um, and the sixes and um, yeah 
Love you all so much. Stay fucking magical. Mm. Bye. Running in circles, but we live with lines. We put ourselves in boxes when the air is just fine. We're digging down to the earth to find the sky. We're always asking when, but never why. You've been listening to The Word Witch. Our theme music is Counting Rice by Bitches in the Beehive. Their album Itty Bitty Spaces is out now. The Word Witch is written, produced, and recorded by me, Claire Burgess. Our logo is designed by me, too. Editing and tech support come from Danu Vino. You can follow The Word Witch on Instagram at the.word.witch. You can book tarot readings, find out about upcoming classes, and join our newsletter at thewordwitchtarot.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, join my Patreon at patreon.com slash thewordwitchtarot. For as little as $1, you'll receive collective tarot readings, tarot and astro content, downloads of my zines, and podcast outtakes and extras. Plus, you'll help make this podcast possible and help support a working witch. If you have a question for The Word Witch, email us at thewordwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Till next time, stay magical. Trying to shoot the moon. Using everything we 